Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast. I am your host, J.O. Covan, and it's the Couch Chronicles. We are continuing to do the show from my phone on the couch because my shoulder is in pain, and it is... What is today? Uh, oh, yeah, January 23rd. It's uh, 10.49 a.m. I'm, I'm, I've just gargled some walnuts and... Uh, a mid-green tea, but it's 10.49 a.m. in the year of our Lord, 2023, on a cloudy, rainy January 23rd in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Now, last week, to any of my Pittsburgh fans, uh, I apologize. I, uh, I had to cancel the gig, which was, um, you know, it was not, it was a difficult thing to do. It wasn't difficult to do uh, because I would have been in a lot of pain uh, doing the show and probably would have affected my mood <laughs> and my performance. But it was difficult emotionally because you just feel like, uh, just when I think my career is at zero, they say, no, no, there's a basement, JL. It can go further down. So hopefully uh, as of now, uh, I'm finally feeling some improvement. I'm, I'm still not comfortable, but the worst of the pain is definitely over. So I'm, I'm able to do a couple of the limited exercises a little more frequently now. I have a follow-up with the doctor tomorrow, so let's hope he uh, he looks at me and says, okay, you're making progress, um, instead of looks at me and goes, uh, the good news and the bad news. The bad news is uh, it's fucked up. The good news is I can fix it tomorrow, because uh, this surgery was, the second surgery was, was even worse. I think I recapped it already, both for Patreon and uh, regular folk like yourself. Um, oh, by the way, I do have a Patreon. Go check it out. Just kidding. I know you won't. Um, moving on from things you don't care about. Uh, how about California? See, this is why I can't support everything everywhere all at once for Best Picture. Not only do I think it was just a good movie, but seriously overrated in terms of the praise it's getting. But it's obviously inspiring old Asian people to think they can just go fuck shit up. And that was this week's Joke JL Can't Share on Twitter. So uh, that is your secret podcast joke that can't go out into the public. So I keep it on a private space, uh, like my podcast, which nobody listens to. Millions of views, dozens of fans, the J.L. Covan comedy story coming to the Hallmark Channel. Um, but uh, I have a call at 1130, hopefully, uh, regarding my special, which today is 254 days since I recorded the second taping, and 457 days since the first taping. Um, I think I may have to stop making jokes about it because it just feels sad at this point. Um, you know, and I've, I've uh, sent some emails and tried to tweet shame CD Baby. Um, I'm, you know, uh, the Patreon episode really captures all this, but it's just this morning, you know, I don't have, I don't have an assignment at work, so I just spent the morning emailing various people about trying to get my albums back up on streaming platforms. And now I have a call because I basically just wrote to the agent and the producer of the special and was like, uh, do we have a timeline at all anywhere soon for the special and the album? It's been 254 days since we recorded the second taping and 457 days since the set that will be the album. Just to, And I said nothing else because it's that I don't have to speak my my sad my sad story to them because that says it all because they both work in the comedy world and nine plus months for a special is just it's it's unconscionable 
Um, it's just, it's a joke. It is a joke and it's no longer like funny to me. It's just sad. I, I'm, I'm a fu I'm, I've tried to use humor to like create levity around this thing, but it's, it's, it's been a career destroying spectacle because there were very important moments in my career that the, spe the special could have really augmented and maybe, just maybe, you wouldn't be listening to the most depressed comedian on earth. You'd be listening to somebody going, hey, I'm gonna be here for the weekend and then I'll be there and uh, guess what, I got this uh, audition for this, but no, I got nothing. Because anyway, blah, 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 blah. You know the story. So it'd just be nice sometime in February to have resolution to at least one of the crises that hit my fucking... For a comedy career that not even my fans care about, it's, it's remarkable the, the sort of epic catastrophes that strike my comedy career. Um, that's, that's all. That's, that's all I would say about that. It's like... I could, if, if, if my career is going to suck and I'm not going to have the career I want, can I at least have like, like it's mo money, mo problems, not less career, mo problems. <laughs> That's the title. Less career, mo problems. But that, I think that defines, but like, it's, it's one thing if I was like, oh my God, you know, in 2020, I was getting hated on by Cooper stands and uh, fat professors from law schools in Wisconsin or New England, wherever the fuck that Seth Abramson cunt works. And it was like, oh, okay. Like, you know what? But I'm also raking in dough and like getting publicity and stuff. So like, hey, mo money, mo problems. Fine. I was warned about that. Nobody warned me about less career, mo problems. Like, Oh, just when my career was at its worst, I also, all my albums disappear? Why is that happening? Who the fuck, who targets somebody whose career is failing? It's very strange. Um, but big show, speaking of failing career, big shows, folks, we got Chicago, and I think I'm going to be good to go for Chicago. Um, I mean, when I say think, I'm like, I will be barring an unforeseen disaster, which by the way, unforeseen disasters happen to my career 50, like 50% 50 of the time. It's one of the cool traits of my career. Green tea break. So, anywho, I've been watching lots of content, and I did a great book review, um, which should go up for the Patreon folks uh, later this week. Uh, by Wednesday night, Thursday morning, you'll be getting my, my book review of Bono's book. But it's a much more fulsome uh, book review episode. It's, it's still like in the 20 minute range, like most of them, but it's a, I touch on a few things. It's almost like a, a bonus video podcast with a book review. But I, I had a good laugh when I said that, um, I, I just have a funny thing about uh, Adam Clayton, the bass player for, for U2, because it was like three of the four guys in the band are religious, except for Adam Clayton, the bassist. He's a bathiest. <laughs> And then I went into Ron Reagan Jr. I don't know. I've, it made me laugh, and it still makes me laugh. Um, but yes, puns and book reviews. Uh, so get on that patreon.com slash jlcovan if you want to, you know, stave off my, my depression, my death, whatever, uh, pay for co-pays for shoulder surgeries, or if you just want tons of original, funny, varied comedy material. Who am I kidding? My comedy fans don't come to me for comedy. Any gateway, guys, let's talk about some programs, some kink, kink, and uh, get you out of here so I can have this conference call and find out, is my special going to be out?
within a year? Because the turnaround is like three months usually. Um, once again, if, if, if I believed that you thought this was the greatest special of all time, then I'd be like, uh, all right, I understand why they're taking their time. They want to make sure they get this right. But uh, like most people, I feel like nobody really gives a shit about my special anymore. And it's like, so why aren't we just getting this the fuck out? Anyway, guys, lots of watching of content. Because um, I was supposed to, I, I set up everything, my tablet, my books for my train trips to and from Pittsburgh. But instead, I just sat on my ass and watched more TV. Willow. I watched four of the eight episodes of Willow. Uh, episodes one through four, in case you're wondering uh, which four. And... I love the movie Willow, and I, I rewatched it before the series launched just to kind of refresh my memory, and it held up because there's two things that Willow des delivers at the highest level. Adorable little people, like a whole village of friendly little people. I've never seen, I mean, it was like a cast of hundreds of little people. Um, it was like Wakanda for little people. It was like little people probably, you know, walked to the theater dressed like Willow characters. Like that was their Black Panther. Little Panther. <laughs> and it was so adorable. It was like Shriner's kid. It was like Shriner's Hospital, but with less tragedy. It was just these adorable little people going, hey, we're wizards and we're funny little people. We're old little people. It was just beautiful and fun and cute. And... So that was great, because that was like a third of the movie was little people. And like a, like a Jim Henson movie, except these were real people and not creatures. Is that enough offensive lines, humorous offensive lines about little people? And moving on. But the next thing it had was a great performance from Val Kilmer. Like literally right in between, you know, the midpoint between Top Gun and The Doors, you get Val Kilmer as Mad Mardigan just... You know, the line of the movie for me is like, oh, no, I'm really scared. There's a peck pointing an acorn at me. Still made me laugh. So the movie held up. The effects are, of course, it's 1988. The effects aren't great. Um, but that's, that's, at the time, they were good. It was just, you know, that's a lot of digital advancement. Tea break. Since then. But it was great. I really did. I, I thought it was great. And I enjoyed it again watching it. And Willow, the new Willow, um, is not great. I just, I don't, like I stopped watching because I was like, I just, I'm halfway through and I really don't care. Like there's multiple characters trying to be kind of the, the, the swashbuckling comic relief. You ain't Val Kilmer, bruh. And, you know, there's, it's, it's just, it's like, I, I don't care and it's not as, charming and witty as as the as the original film and i don't I'm, I'm guessing val kilmer there would have been hype if val kilmer shows up like he did in top gun maverick spoiler no it's not a spoiler he has multiple scenes in top gun maverick but uh, i'm guessing i would have heard already if he shows up in willow and uh he i'm guessing he doesn't um but it's but even that i don't think would make it worth it because it's just not that fun a show and not funny or like you know, it's more like, hey, look, big dark adventures and like not a lot of humor. It's just, it's not what I want out of a Willow product. So that's it for Willow. I finished C on Apple TV um, with Jason Momoa and it was good. Um, it was, it was a, you know, I think Jason Momoa I've, I've decided is, is, is an underrated talent because, you know, 
he shows some, you know, he shows as good a range of an action actor as I've seen in, in the movie, in the show C. You know, like he's like, he's, he's a great fight guy. He's like a legitimately excellent fight stunt kind of action star. Um, you know, he showed that off first as Khal Drogo in, in, in Game of Thrones. Um, like, re like real big athleticism. And in this one, though, he gets to do a little more than that. Um, but he gets to just, but it, it's incredibly violent. And I, it just, it's too much violence. I don't mean this. I, 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 it's not too much violence based on the standard violence we see today. But we've really gone overboard with the sort of eye, gout, eye slicing and if head skull crushing and throat slitting. It's, it's, it's a lot. But I did enjoy C overall. It gets a thumbs up from me. It was it was worth my time. Um, you know, there's some some major questions that they never answer because it's just impossible. Like, how did they teach themselves to read uh, a language that they they nobody was able to teach them to read? They just learned to read by looking at books. These people with sight, anyway. Um, but I, I liked it. I, I liked it. Uh, I rewatched She Said with my mom who visited yesterday, and she thought that was very good, as do I. If you are a Patreon uh, subscriber, you know that that movie was in my top 10. Uh, with the Oscar nominations coming out, I think, this week, it would be a good time, you know, in addition to all the bonus videos you can see and all the bonus podcasts, uh, about a month ago or whatever, my top 10 movies of, of uh, 2022 was a very good, fun uh, episode and a real a real tribute to Tom Cruise. Um, but, you know, it's, it's up to you. And, and I also put my entire set from Long Island, from the Heckler Night uh, uh, audio, but that entire set, people have enjoyed that. That's, that's the kind of stuff I try to deliver. I try to deliver something worthy of your money. So if you like my stuff, you know, New Year, new Patreon, join it. Um, so... Oh, wait, before I get to my next can-can, uh, shows. Chicago, February 7th, guys. Uh, it's a big venue. It's bigger than I wanted. That's why I'm co-headlining it with comedian Kevin McCaffrey, who uh, does well on his own and is a uh, Chicago native, I believe. So I, I'm hoping he can, uh, you know, he can offer robust support uh, as well in terms of ticket sales. But, yeah, if you're anywhere near Chicago, um, uh, you know, hopefully you can make that. Uh, after that... My February is pretty much clear, which is why I'm really hoping I'm good to go. I feel I feel my improvement with the shoulder over the last three days has been uh, significant. I'm still uncomfortable, deeply uncomfortable, but you know, from a nine to a five is a good direction in terms of pain and discomfort. Um, but after that, then I have three weeks off, which is great because then I'll just be fucking hitting physical therapy like a like an you know like an elderly Rocky and Rocky Four. Um, and then we march as a fucking monster, uh, the end of the career, you, you, you know, we, we go out in a blaze of glory. You got Montclair, New Jersey, Boston, Massachusetts, Washington, DC, Philadelphia, Princeton, New York city. So yeah, get, get your tickets, everybody. Um, I've been emailing Chris Lamberth is going to open for me on my special taping and my, um, DC show. Uh, I've been emailing the club for uh, over three weeks, 
to confirm that he's opening for me and uh, if they can get me a ticket link and they haven't replied to one of those emails. I'm telling you guys, you, somebody please let me know if this is like the sixth sense, like if I'm actually dead, you know what I mean? Like, and I mean that, like maybe I just have some sort of weird channel to the living through this podcast, but please confirm with me if I'm alive or dead because there's, there's so many cases where I go, I think I'm dead. I, I think I think I'm alive. I think I'm Bruce Willis in the sixth sense. Except it's called the six stand-up albums, and, and they disappear. Um, my favorite club in the country, though, is, is the Atlanta Punchline. Um, this, this owner, I worked the club twice, once as a feature, which was a hard lesson because early in my career, I had good jokes, but I didn't have, like, a variety of jokes. So, like, I just had to pray the audience was, like, kind of with it and kind of smart, but I wasn't good enough to just, like, win over any crowd, and they felt kind of dumb you know, I did okay. The hacky, the hacky MC, uh, like crushed. It wasn't hacky, but he was like basic. Hacky is a little different. It was just, it was basic, but basic crushed. And I had good shows and bad shows. But then I came back there three years later with comedians. I was there the weekend fair Fawcett and Michael Jackson died. Um, that's how I remember it. But three years later, I went with comedians at law and we had a good crowd. And I remember uh, somebody in the crowd after going like, I wish they told more lawyer jokes. And I was the only one in our group that had like 20 minutes on like my life as a lawyer that was still fucking crushing because it's, it's stuff that I've done in regular sets, but it was all legal and everybody else in my crew was just like telling their like 20 minute like feature set that had nothing to do with being a lawyer. Um, so I crushed that. And I remember the, the, the owner of the club one time when I started asking for work again, feature work. In 2013, he was like, oh, yeah, I've had people at, like, he was like, he, he compared my, he compared my set that night to LeBron on the Cavs, like the Mo Williams Cavs. So I thought, okay, so clearly this, this owner, like, knows, knows what's up. He's had booked me twice. He knows I'm legit. Well, since 2013, I've probably had 40 correspondence with him asking for feature work. And then the last three years asking for headline work, I have not been booked in, in 11 years. I have not been booked. And yet I've received like 35 to 40 replies. Like, Hey, I'm trying to get you in. And it's like, okay, you're not, you're not like, it's just a very funny thing to me where it's like, at some point it's like, what, why are you even writing to me? What, are, are you trying to torture me? Um, and the best was last year, twice he offered me weekends specifically on days that I had just told him I couldn't do. And I thought, okay, I think this is bullshit. I think you're trying to like, just say, Hey, I offered you a weekend. It was like, Hey, I can do every, uh, no joke. I can do every, uh, I'm open the entire fall except October 23rd and 24th. And he writes back and goes, I was just going to offer you October 23rd and 24th. I'm like, if I were within a hundred miles of you, I would see you tonight and I would let you know that I think that's bullshit to your face in a very scary way. No, just kidding, obviously. But, you know, it's things like that where you're like, how is it possible that in 11 years you haven't been able to find me a weekend of work as a feature or a headliner? And yet I, I, I don't begrudge the clubs who've never replied to my emails. Like, oh, they're either ignoring me or they hate me or they never see my emails. But like you and I have had like five exchanges annually about how you're going to get me in there. 11 years, dude, for over 50% of my career, for about 59% of my comedy career, you've been telling me you're going to book me. It's kind of weird, but that's the comedy business. And that's why I don't want to be in it. Okay. It's, uh, you, you get, 
it's just there's nothing good. There's nothing good to come out of being in this. In this. And I said to my mom yesterday while, while she was offering me a check for litigation costs, and I said, save your money for now. But it's good. She's going to be like my Peter Thiel. You know, she's going to like back my lawsuits against the comedy industry. <laughs> uh, he bankrupted the fucky fuck hut. Um, the, I said to her, I said, the only thing worse than comedians in the comedy business, the only thing worse morally and spiritually are the people who make money off of comedians. They're the only group of people worse and they're significantly worse, but it's like, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad, uh, it's a bad industry. It's a bad collection of people. Um, and it's made me a, a less happy, less, uh, satisfied human being. But uh, content. So then I decided when I saw that HBO was removing the three John Wick movies. And, and I love the clickbait when people are like, in another mass ex I saw this article shared a few times on Facebook. It was like, in another mass exodus of content, HBO getting rid of the three John Wick movies. That's not an exodus of content. They had it for a limited amount of time. And with John Wick 3 coming out in March... The John Wick people probably want their movies off of streaming because it's like, yeah, go buy the Blu-rays or rent it on demand. Like, yeah, go do that. Like, we know you're going to want to watch it. So I said, well, I'll watch all three. I have one and two. Three is better than I remember, but I think the increasing violence was just getting to me. Um, I watched John Wick 1, 2, and 3 in the span of, and then Violent Night on Peacock in the span of two days. That is a lot of blood. Now, I'll give Violent Night, which is the David Harbour, like, Christmas Santa Claus fighting movie. Um, I'll give that credit because the violence was a little more playful. I didn't feel quite as, like, school shootery after watching Violent Night. And I would recommend it. It's a fun, you know, it's on Peacock now. So if you have Peacock, if you're a baller like me with all the platforms, like, Peacock, uh, you know, has, has the occasional worthwhile program. I enjoyed Violent Night. I love the John Wick movies, and but I will say, John Wick basically like is basically a school slash Pulse nightclub slash Vegas shooter all in one, and all we do is root for him. This dude murders so many people. Granted, they're all bad, but always with the head. It's 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 those are really fucking violent movies. Like I, I, watching them in a sort of succession within like 36 hours, I was like, yeah, I, I, I know I'm, you know me, I'm not one of these conservatives uh, clearly who uses like what we need to do is mental health and violence in video games. I'm not one of those people who thinks that's the issue, but I'm not going to lie and say, yeah, if I'm like some, if some parent, bad parent is letting their 10-year-old just fucking watch John Wick, John Wick 2, John Wick 3, play fucking Call of Duty, go, go to Violent Night as a fan. Like, if you're, if you're absorbing all that shit, there must be a desensitization. I remember the first time I played Call of Duty. It was one, I'd heard so much about it. I got a PlayStation 3 in 09, and I bought Call of Duty 2, like Modern Warfare 2, which was like the hottest selling game. It sold like five or six million copies at the time. And I couldn't play it right away. Because I had never played such a like a, a visceral first-person shooter. I was like Contra and shit like that. But this was like fucking intense. And um, I couldn't play it. Because it was like... 
I feel like I'm actually under attack with my surround sound. I feel like I'm like I'm not doing very well at this game, but I do feel traumatized. But eventually I played it and got used to it and beat the game and was like, oh, is that all it took? Now I'm not so now I'm not so scared of combat and violence. And I feel like you get kids playing that kind of shit and it's not not good. Um, so I'm just saying, I know I think guns are the problem. I think laws and guns are the main issue, but I'm I, I'm not one of these people who thinks well, there's other countries with violent games. I go, yeah, but they don't have our guns. But I'm not saying like, if, if like the violence in, in the John Wick movies, I'm like, it's like a little much for me, um, especially three. It just gets more violent. But at the same time, um, they're cool. <laughs> you know, and I respect Keanu Reeves. I, I think Jason Momoa would make a good villain in a, in a, in a, uh, a John Wick movie because I feel like he's like just a bigger, stronger Keanu Reeves in terms of his physicality. Um, but that said, I'll go see John Wick 4, of course. Um, I've always been a humongous fan of John Wick 1 and John Wick 2. And John Wick 3 was uh, just a little too violent for me. That's all I'm going to say. But it was still actually on rewatch. It was the first time I'd rewatched it. Uh, it was it was still, it still delivered the goods for sure. Um, so... You know, I'm all in on the franchise, but, and it just feels like, you know, John Wick 4, you got to just brace yourself. Um, and maybe it helps that I just saw Terrifier 2 in the theater. Like, I think that level of violence, that sort of shocking Fangoria, like low budget underground horror violence, which is maybe not as realistic looking, but is for sure worse. Maybe that also uh, desensitized. Maybe that made me made the John Wick movies just slightly more palatable to me because it's like, well, at least they're not, you know, bone sawing a woman from the crotch up like in Terrifier One or peeling the skin off a woman and keeping her alive in Terrifier Two. Anyway, both of those are available uh, free with ads on Amazon Prime. Anyway, guys, content, more content. Um, is that all the content? Oh, and I'm enjoying the show on AMC, Mayfair Witches. Um, I watched all of Interview with a Vampire in the last like two weeks with The Righteous Girlfriend and she really liked it. Uh, I'm a big fan of whoever the actor is. I think he's Australian who played Lestat. Uh, if you've, know, if you've watched the, the show, you know that that dude is sort of like dominating the show and I think his voice is so, it's this French accent he puts on, but his but his voice is literally, it's, it's just, I, I can't even do it. Cause it's like, it's this unique bass voice that he has. But, um, I thought it was good interview with the vampire. Um, it was good, but Mayfair, Witch is only two episodes in. I'm definitely liking it more. It's got Alexandra Daddario and she doesn't have, uh, you know, there's no nudity, Boo. but she's actually putting in a good performance. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of impressed and, and the show, I think right off the bat is, is like really good. So there's your AMC keen taint update. Um, righteous GF, like definitely liked interview the vampire more, but I think that was cause it was like, you know, beautiful homoerotic men being homoerotic and then just being full on homosexual, not even homoerotic. It's just gay sex and, you know, Beautiful black man with beautiful white man making, you know, beautiful gay big ice cream swirl cones together. <laughs> um, but it was just I, I, I kind of got 
I wanted them to move ahead. Like I was getting a little bored of like 1920s New Orleans. New Orleans, you know, oh, New Orleans. Everybody knows my disdain for jazz at this point and like New Orleans culture. But I will say this. Here's a good joke for you. Jazz Fest announced that Lizzo and Ed Sheeran will be headlining Jazz Fest. You know, those two well-known jazz artists, Ed Sheeran and Lizzo. So we've reached the point where even Jazz Fest is like, yeah, we don't like jazz that much, to be honest. We've also got Mumford and Sons. So yeah, Jazz Fest, uh, where we discovered the only problem with Jazz Fest was jazz. So welcome to Jazz Fest featuring mostly non-jazz artists. Jazz Fest. We're cool cats. <laughs> See, so for all the hate I get, like, JL, like, why are you always hating on jazz? I don't know. Why is Jazz Fest hating on jazz would be my next question. Why don't you ask Jazz Fest? You know, soon they'll be like, Jazz Fest featuring uh, rock, rap, and the Utah jazz, the three things that are not jazzy at all. Tea break. I let it go too long now. It's like a room temp cold green tea. Gross. With matcha. So I think, yeah, I think that's, that's all the content I've been watching. Um, I don't know how people do it. I don't, I, I, I mean, a month of just reading a little bit and watching a ton of shit sitting on my couch, trying to eat healthy. I've been pretty good with my eats considering how I normally eat. Um, you know, cause that's really my only form of weight discipline right now is to not eat like a pig since I'm pretty immobile. Um, so I've been doing good, uh, on that front, but I don't know how Americans do this. I don't know how people are like, yeah, I watched uh, five movies and two series this week. I'm like, do you, what, what did you go outside? Did you walk? Did you move? Like, I am very restless. I, I just want to get to the point hopefully in February where I'm just like going for my five mile walks each day and eating healthy because that will keep weight off. I'll, I'll look emaciated in the upper body. I won't have the, real, the, the I won't have the Jason Momoa upper body that all of you are used to um, for the next like five to six months, but we'll get back there eventually. But I wanna get walking and then maybe by March be able to do some like serious cardio and leg work. You know, just weight loss, build up some muscle in some part of my body. Um, and then hopefully by the spring, I'm, I'm like moving beyond physical therapy and like light weights and stuff like that. But who knows? Let's just obviously get past this second surgery. But uh, yes, so uh, that's it, guys. I got to get on a conference call about my special <laughs> in 10 minutes. Um, so yeah, those are your recommendations. I'm trying to think if I have anything else to recommend. So I, I, did, I did shit on Willow. And that's, that means something because I'm a Willow fan. I stan Willow. Um, but uh, yeah, join the Patreon, come to a live show, um, read my tweets about CD Baby and support me and harass them uh, to, get my, to get me some answers on my work. But I think I'm going to have to engage a lawyer, the, the, my comedy lawyer, on uh, multiple fronts. So it's always good when you have to spend money just to get back to zero. That is the, the, the less career, mo problems. That is, that is it in a nutshell. So Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you had a couple of chuckles. Um, did I mention join the Patreon? Come on, guys. If you can't come to a live show, join the Patreon. There's, there's lots and lots of really good JL comedy stuff for you on the Patreon. Um, between the exclusive videos, 
the bonus podcast, the, the leaked comedy sets, which have like some of the new material in it. You know, I, I try to deliver. And the book reviews. The book reviews, if you like books, you're not going to get a better book review show. I know that's a weird thing to promise. You don't have a lot of comics out there promising you premium book content. But that's why I'm so unique and unsuccessful because I zig when everybody else makes money. So everybody, I hope you are well. I hope you can hear that my spirits are a little bit lifted. I got beautiful messages on Patreon from multiple fans. Um, and I think you know this about me. I think I'm open enough about this, but that like, you know, this is the the, the bitter irony or the, the, the sad irony of my career is that by, by meeting enough of my fans, I, I grow a personal and deep appreciation for, for their kindness, their generosity. I really do. I bitch a lot, but, but it's because I want 10,000 of you, and that would mean I'd have a career. The irony of that was then I might not be able to give the, make the personal connections and whatnot that I do. Maybe I could. Maybe I could, because then it would be my entire career. But you know, when you only have like 500 diehards instead of 15,000, it's a, it's a delicate balance because it makes me grow to appreciate those 500. And especially, you know, like I said, great, really touching messages and, and meant a lot like on Patreon. Um, cause I posted a really depressing, honest, but depressing episode, uh, last week on Patreon. But, um, but at the same time, that means I'm also kind of stuck in a purgatory. Like I'm not where I want to be professionally and it becomes more frustrating. So, but I just wanted to say thank you uh, very, very much uh, to, to the Patreon subscribers and the people who, who wrote nightmare messages. And, and you don't have to, this isn't pressure to write a nice message or to write something nice because, you know, if you're listening to this show or you subscribe to the Patreon or you come to see me at a live show or you're going to buy the special or you bought my albums before they disappeared from the face of the earth, all those things I put in the same category of people who, who are real fans and, and mean a lot to me. Um, so thank you. Um, and I hope my good spirits continue as I, as I hopefully continue the positive healing trend. But if not, you know who'll be back here next week with the fucking saddest, most depressing shit on earth. That's right. Not afraid of promising awful content. So thank you guys. Stay healthy. Have a great week. Um, oh, whoa. Gambling update. Almost forgot. I had a four-team parlay this weekend. Uh, uncut gems. We got a we got a, a resurgence of uncut gems. KJ KJ, let me show you something. If you bet this, if you bet this, KJ, let me tell you. Yeah, I think this is the ticket to riches. I bet a fourteen parlay in the four NFL games. I bet the Chiefs, the Bengals, the 49ers, and the New York Giants to win. I bet a hundred dollars, and if all four of those teams won. $2,139 would have been deposited in my account. But unfortunately, on Saturday night, the New York football giants delivered a turd that was, it must have been sponsored by Half Blackface. It was such a disgraceful fucking delivery. Um, and they weren't even close, but I believe the hype. I believe the Facebook hype and everybody like, oh, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, we're going to do this, New York. We are back. Daniel Jones has finally arrived. And they promptly, like the minute I pressed place bet, it was like the Monstars stole their, their mojo, like in Space Jam. And they fucking sucked. And everybody, of course, in hindsight is like, oh, the Eagles were clearly going to win. I go, yeah, no, 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 I know. That's how gambling works. If you want to make a lot of money, you have to bet a long shot. But every other game came up. And if I had just bet the Eagles, I would have won like 
1100 bucks, but it was too tempting to get that 2100 And I thought maybe the Giants, like maybe the Eagles would be rusty. So uh, this is how I lose. Okay, so that's your Uncut Gems, uh, a rare return for Uncut Gems. Um, and uh, that's it, guys. So thank you for listening, and I will see you next Tuesday. This is me unlocking my phone. That's why it's taking so long, because I have to unlock my phone. Because my firm makes me put a password on my phone, which then makes me look shady to the righteous girlfriend. Like, you never had a password before. Yeah, but I got to, like, it won't let me access work features if I don't put a password on my phone. Mm-hmm. You're probably talking to all those whores. No, that's not true. I've had, like, ten women reach out to me over the last three years seeking a relationship. And when I was like, I'm in a relationship, they then, like, promptly unfollowed me. And I was like, okay, so uh, apparently... Um, like in Ghostbusters, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. When a female fan asks if you're in a relationship, you say no. Um, maybe that's the key. Maybe these were all like major producers and agents who were like, are you single? Because I will get you a multi-million dollar deal if you just hook up with me. And then I'm like, I'm a comedian of integrity. No, thank you, ma'am. And then they're like, fuck you, unfollow, ruin your career. Bye. Anyway, see you next Tuesday.